The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Bay drop pass Huberto to Dubay. Bouncing puck corralled right circle. Pressure from Malone. The steal. The chip ahead. Griffith. Malone's got a breakaway to win it. Backhander score. Brad Malone wins the game for Edmonton. Two to one in overtime. Well, pretty cool moment for a couple of AHL veterans. Seth Griffith chips the puck ahead to Brad Malone. He goes in, beats Dan Villar on a breakaway, and the Oilers take out the Calgary Flames 2-1 in overtime in preseason action tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins as, uh, well, three overtime games out of four for the Oilers and not a lot of goals for Edmonton throughout the preseason so far, but they have won in overtime two consecutive games. McDavid on a breakaway is almost a guarantee. Malone on a breakaway, maybe you're not so sure but he looked great on that play and and like I said nice moment for those two guys well he might be an automatic we just don't see it ever so uh, it was a beautiful play it's funny in the interview after the game he talked about that he got caught in too deep and you and I were talking I said said, said, Malone he he shouldn't have done that he went and tried to force the goalie to make a play he did and then he got caught Uh, Calgary messed up the three on two that they had and then a beautiful pass by Griffith like that was that was world class. I mean, they, they talked about, or Malone talked about, he could be one of the most talented players in the world, not in the NHL. Uh, I thought he's had an excellent training camp. And on that one there, it was a sauce pass that he put into an area and allowed Malone to get full speed going, not have to play the puck and just skate into it. So it was a beautiful pass. And then uh, that was a, a veteran Maybe not a, a long-time NHL veteran, but a, a professional veteran that knew what to do with the puck when he got the breakaway. He looked calm. He looked confident. He walked in a little, open the stick up a bit, get the goalies to move, goalie Vladar to open his legs. He goes five wall, and again, it's only preseason. But those two players are going to remember that. That's a special moment for them. Uh, this was a game that the Oilers were badly overmatched on paper. But as the game went on, became the better hockey club. And kudos to the players dressed tonight because they came in and beat a, a pretty good Calgary Flame team. Yeah, nice uh, nice job staying in there for the Oilers. And one guy who kept them in there and very strong game for Jack Campbell. He makes 33 saves. I mean, it could have been 2 or 3 nothing Calgary after the first period. The shots were 11-4. Calgary, uh, after two periods, was out shooting Edmonton 24-12. So they had the puck a lot. Very good start. Very promising start for Jack Campbell. Well, Campbell had a, a really, really off season last year. But things started to turn around at the end of the year. Now, he didn't play quality teams at the end of the year, but he put together a few good starts prior to the playoffs. Then in the playoffs, he was only in a mop-up role, but he came in, and each time he came in, he played well in the playoffs. That put him in a good frame of mind going into the summer. Despite the fact that he had a really tough year, the end of the season, the playoffs, he went thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm coming back. Things are starting to work out. So he has a positive frame of mind throughout the summer. He works on things. He comes here, and this is his first real uh, test, and he was excellent in this game. So for the Oilers to be a championship team 
They need two good goalies pushing each other. And if Jack Campbell can start or continue to do what he did at the end of the year, what he did tonight, and continue doing that forward through the remainder of preseason and into the regular season, that's going to make the Edmonton Oilers a much better hockey club. He looked confident. And I think a confident goaltender breeds confidence for his team. And tonight, Jack Campbell gave his team a chance to win this hockey game. Yeah, and which they did. Oilers 2-1 in overtime against Calgary. And even if this game had wound up one nothing or 2 nothing, which we'll talk about yeah. as we move along tonight, I think we'd be talking about Campbell and this other player anyway, and that's Dylan Holloway, who I thought looked, speaking of confidence, he, he, he looked very confident out there, had several scoring chances, and then was rewarded with a power play goal with a minute 40 left. He was the best player on the ice on both teams. Holloway was excellent. Uh, he was good in the first period. He he had a, par- a partial breakaway where he just flew by Hannafin, had a couple other great scoring chances. He was creating things for his teammates. He had a big hit in the, in the first half of the hockey game. Uh, every time he stepped on the ice, he was noticeable. Now, he's going to be a complimentary player with the Edmonton Oilers because they got the stars already. But what we saw here tonight, he doesn't need other players to make him look good. He played against a good Calgary Flame team tonight, and he didn't have a Dreisaitl, a Nugent Hopkins, a McDavid making plays for him. He created them himself, and he created them for his line mates. So it was an excellent game. Holloway has actually gotten stronger each game he's played in this preseason, and again, that bodes well for the Oilers because he's going to be a... uh, you and I have talked about, I think he's a third-line player for the Oilers to start the season with the ability to jump up if needed. And I think uh, him playing the way he's playing with the confidence he's playing with is very good for the Oilers as well. 2-1, the Oilers win it in overtime. So here's the deal. No scoring after the first. one nothing Calgary after two. Lindholm scored on a deflection. And then the New Flames captain scored on a long rebound. Well, he put the puck in the net with 2.38 left in the third period. Uh, the, the officials kind of talked about it and said goalie interference on Blake Coleman. And so it didn't count. And then Calgary actually challenged to overturn the goalie interference, which they didn't. So then that's a delay of game penalty on Calgary, which put the orders on the power play, which allowed them to tie it. With Campbell pulled, I, I got 145 for the pole and 140 for the goal. So Campbell had just gone to the bench. Now, it's it's preseason, uh, you yeah. know, but, but you thought it was a weird time to make a challenge? Well, it, it was a dumb challenge for a bunch of reasons. Right when the goal was scored, you and I talked, and I said that's going to be goalie infer- interference. It was quite obvious. So if, and it's funny, Jack didn't think that Woodcroft would challenge. I disagree. Woodcroft would have challenged it. If they counted that a goal, he would have challenged it for sure because it was so obvious. And if you're down 2-0, Dude, the game's it's over. Short, like, it doesn't matter. Yes. Like Earlier in the game, I don't know, maybe not. But, but for sure, but he's challenging. But it was it was obvious. Um, and then when it got called back where the referees actually had a huddle and they said, you know what, here's what I saw. They talked about They made the right call. Right away, they said, okay, I counted it, but now that you look at this, did anyone have better angles? No goal. And right there, the Calgary Flames should say, all right, come on, boys, we've got two and a half minutes. We've got this game. For Ryan Huska to challenge that, I mean, it would have to be 100% ironclad certain to challenge because if it's not, now you're shorthanded. You have a lead. So Calgary Flames, even after not having that, having that goal called back, they have a one nothing lead. 
they said, all right, we got a lead. We can Let's practice holding on to a lead. This is a great example of what we can do. It'll give us good practice. All kinds of good things can come out of it. But as soon as he challenges, now it's ter- overturned. Now, or sorry, now it's... They say, yes, it's no goal still. You've got a penalty. It makes no sense. There is no positive on that for Ryan Husk and the Calgary Flames. Now here you are killing a penalty. And it was, Campbell was pulled because Vinny DeHarnay was the guy that came right. from the bench and went directly to the front of the net. It, it's funny, and Jack Michaels made the joke. said, not often do I say goalie pulled. Here comes DeHarnay onto the ice. <laughs> but DeHarnay got his big body in front of that just as it went in. But... Uh, Ryan Huska, that is a a coaching mistake, and I don't care if it's preseason or not. You don't make that call, and it costs his team a victory because the Calgary Flames would have had a one nothing lead with two and a half minutes to go. Yeah, I I I I spent so much time looking at it over the last few years. I didn't even need to open the rule book online, <laughs> or well, last year I had a physical copy as well, but. The rule is, it was the goalie in any way prevented from making the save? And because I, I think if you watch that play close, like you could say, well, the puck was going to go in anyway. But we found out last year, remember that play? The It was Edmonton at Vancouver. The puck was behind the Vancouver goalie when Hyman bumped him. Yep. Uh, but you still say, well, he pre- or preventing the goalie from moving in his crease. So if there's any sort of uh, of, of preventing it, then... It's going to be. I mean, it was that one was so obvious. So I don't understand uh, where. I mean, then again, Ryan Husk is getting it from the video guy, and the video guy downstairs or wherever he is in the building is the one that said, "Hey, challenge it." I mean, well, I guess we'll watch the waiver wire tomorrow to see if the Calgary Flames video guy has put on waivers. But that was just a, a terrible decision at the wrong time of a hockey game. All right, so the Oilers win at 2-1 against the Flames. Uh, again, Edmonton got better as the game went on. Jack Campbell was solid throughout, as was Dylan Holloway, and a nice finish, Griffith to Malone, for the overtime winner. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, very similar to what we've seen through the first four exhibition games and through all the practices and training camp. Our fellas are really digging in and embracing this idea of having a blue-collar work ethic. And, um, you know, I think tonight we played four periods of hockey. I think that's the 15th period in four games that we've played. And uh, realistically, there was about 10 minutes in, in Winnipeg that uh, we'd like to have back. Um, so the, the fellows are digging in and working. Obviously, we had a younger lineup in tonight. Um, got better as the night wore on. Started to find ourselves in more and more offensive chances, and that's why they play a full 60-minute game, not a 60-minute and one-second game. Does uh, Jack Campbell's performance tonight almost embody the saying, less is more? Look like he's very controlled in the crease tonight. Jack played the way he expected to play the way I expect him to play, the way our team expects him to play, which is play great. Uh, he's done a lot of work to feel um, good about where he's at. I think this is a good start for him. It's an exhibition game in a tough building. He should feel very good about it. But again, he'd be the first guy to say he expects to play like that. And certainly our coaching staff and our players and the entire organization expects him to play like that. When Dylan Holloway is on his game, what components of his game are firing? Well, he, he can skate, and he's a big man. He drives people back. Uh, I think when he focuses in on those gifts that he has, 
and plays towards those strengths, he's tough to handle. And you know, we asked him to play higher up in the lineup tonight. He played more minutes in every situation. Um, you know, I thought he was effective, and he found that goal in that six-on-four situation. It was a big goal for our team, and obviously helped push us to overtime, and where we were able to ice it in overtime. The finish tonight, is it a reminder that when you're building a successful organization, the foundation doesn't just strictly have to be NHL? I noticed the teammates' reaction. Seth and Brad are guys that are kind of universally respected at all levels of this organization. Yeah, I think that's the hallmark of any healthy organization is when you have uh, good people at all levels. It starts uh, with good players. Um, you know, I those two were on the ice for a reason. It's because I've seen them in that position before, and I've seen them deliver in that position before. Um, just as individuals, you know, Griff's uh, an all-star at the American League level. He has NHL skills, and when he competes like he did tonight, you know, he puts himself in into the conversation. Um, Brad Malone's obviously just a high-character person, um, high-capacity player. He can play big minutes uh, at that level, but he also has a unique ability to be a high-minute player at the American League level while having the ability to play eight or nine minutes at the NHL level. So uh, both usable players at our level, both uh, quality human beings, and when they're in your organization, it makes for a stronger organization. For a minute, I don't know if you showed up to the ring thinking he was going to play 22 minutes tonight, but was that a case that you recognized what he had early and just rode him? Yeah. I mean, I expected him to play because he's a little higher up in the lineup because of who we dressed tonight, and so we asked him to do a little bit more. He played in all situations. He was um, someone I felt quite comfortable putting on the ice, and, you know, when you get get down to that last 10 minutes or last eight minutes you're going a little bit on instinct and trying to find the right people and put the right people on the ice at the right time um he's a young man that has full of energy and like i said he's in great shape and skates like the wind so i had no no fear about playing him the minutes that we did tonight thanks guys yeah. Okay, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 2-1 overtime win against the Calgary Flames. You're also going to hear from Jack Campbell and Dylan Holloway, and we're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, per all the way. Yeah, Holloway, again, very good game. Looked powerful, looked confident, looked quick. Looks like he's getting to that scoring area to create some chances. And halfway through the preseason, now we know there will be some roster moves here over the next two or three days. Holloway is going to be here. Like, does he, would you like to see him get a game with Dreisaitl or McDavid as his center? I I would. Now, it's going to depend on what the players that are expected to play there, how many games they want to play and what Jay Woodcroft wants from them. But yeah, I would. I, you know where I'd like to see also in games, there's games where uh, a Connor Brown or a Nugent Hopkins will penalty kill. Mm-hmm. So on those ones, you're always going to want to come back with a Connor McDavid or a Leon Dreisaitl after you kill a penalty. Those are the ones where, you know what, I'm going to throw Connor, Leon, and a, and a Holloway out in those situations. Because those other guys all penalty kill, I want to get them out with those players at times during the game. 
Uh, I think he's capable of playing at that level. I think he's got the skill set as well as the he can think the game along the same way. Uh, to me, he's going to be playing with Fogel and McLeod this year, which is going to be a very, very fast line that's going to be able to create some mismatches because of their speed. But yeah, I'd like to see him in preseason. Just get a taste. Because what we've seen thus far in, in the preseason with him is he's driving lines. Mm-hmm. He is creating things for his line mates. I'd love to see him get an opportunity to play with one of the superstars and to see what he's able to do with them. Yeah, a promising performance uh, by him as well. Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 in overtime. Okay, uh, we'll update your out-of-town scoreboard as we move along tonight. Uh, big game for the Blue Jays. Oil Kings played tonight, uh, and you'll hear from Jack Campbell and Dylan Holloway. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. on Legacy Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Three years in Jersey. Oh, what a beautiful feed. Osterly denied. Off the cross ice feed and Campbell again holding sway with his eighth save in this period. Yeah, Campbell busy early. Against the Calgary Flames, he gets the win. 33 stops overall. That was his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 in overtime. Back to Calgary. Here is Campbell. Jack, maybe take us through the night. Obviously, the boys made it a little interesting in the end of regulation and then Bugsy with a nice finish in overtime. Yeah, Tony, that was a pretty exciting game, you know, for everybody. And Bugsy, you know, such a great guy and such a hard worker. Um, great to see him finish it off there for the boys. So um, just really nice to get out there and get back in the action. On an individual note, 34 saves for you. How did you feel out there today? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I was a little nervous. I uh, put a lot of work in this summer and wanted to do well. And, um, you know, just really excited to go out and have a good performance and uh, just keep building on the things I've been working so hard on. Are nerves a good thing in that instance because it shows how much you care? Yeah, you know, a good friend of mine told me that today when I called him. So uh, definitely helped. And, uh, you know, just nice the boys came out and battled the whole 63 and a half minutes or whatever it was and found a way to get a a nice W in in the Saddle Dome. When it looks, sorry, excuse me, it looks like less is more sometimes in between the pipes. Do you feel like that's maybe the biggest change from last season to maybe your first appearance here tonight? Yeah, there's a lot of changes, to be honest, but you hit it on the head, Tony. Uh, Less is definitely more, and just with how uh, skilled the the game is now, you can't really get caught outside position too much. So, um, yeah, I mean, thankfully the boys played great in front of me and uh, limited their east-to-west plays and um, found a way to get a great win. I know physically you put in a lot of work, but mentally how did you kind of reset over the offseason? Yeah, I mean... It was a little bit of a reset, but really, frankly, it was just a lot of work, a lot of deep diving into some things that I, I've needed for a long time, and um, just feels really good to uh, to see the work and paying off, and you know, just the beginning, and I uh, can't wait to just keep working. What would you rate uh, Brad Malone's finish out of ten? What do you think? Oof, twenty-four out of ten. Number twenty-four, Brad Bugsy Malone. That's some good. 
quick thinking by <laughs> Jack Campbell. Yeah, Campbell, uh, his spirits are high after his performance tonight, helping the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 in overtime. And credit Tony Barr to make me double-check the stats. They did add a save. They did add a Calgary shot. So 34 saves for Campbell, not 33, uh, like I'd said a couple times. So e- e- either way, he played really well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that was the thing on Campbell, even coming to the Oilers last season, you know, people I talked to said it's as much between the years as him for anything else. Uh, could get down on himself. Uh, I mean, I remember he was pretty hard on himself the game last year when that long shot kind of went off his glove and, and flipped in. But but uh, you made a good point, though, Rob. He looked bigger. He looked more upright in the net today. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, he did looked like he was had a little bit of a different stance today too yeah i'm not i'm no goalie (laughs) coach or genius or but just watching him play and and we had a lot of callers call in last year that they would say that i mean the difference in size between skinner and campbell wasn't a lot yet but when you looked at them in the net it seemed like one was about six inches taller and in the game tonight every time they they showed the, the 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 replay and Campbell, he was big. He was front and center. He was big. You couldn't see any of the net. And you're like, okay, uh, it seems like a different goaltender this year. And I, I think I, we, you, we, you had a, the one thing when, with Vinny DeHarnay talking about his skill coach and the stuff that he worked on in the summer. The one position that can actually do the most in the summer would be a goaltender because you have so much video mm-hmm. and you get to watch all the goals and you get to see it okay here's what I look like in the net and like okay now I'm going to go in there now take video of me now you can move your body around to see how you can adjust to become bigger in net how you can do angles better whatever he worked on this summer and he talked about he worked on a lot it was quite noticeable so far this preseason and again if these are the starts that you're going to get from Jack Campbell going forward this is going to be a very good season for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I thought he played great. And I, I identified him before the game as somebody that this meant a little bit mm-hmm. more for. And I know it's a game and I know they, they want to win. But if maybe if you're a forward or a defenseman, are, are you going to finish every check or block every shot in the preseason or, or, or go all out after every little puck? But well, it depends who you are. It depends who you are, Frank. A- anyway, but you're the, a, goalie can't, a goalie can't hide. I mean, okay. you, you either, no. <laughs> you're either going all out or, or you're going to give up eight or nine or whatever. So, yeah, a good, a good showing for Campbell for sure as the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 in overtime. I mean, a lot of overtime this preseason. We had the shootout against the Jets. We had McDavid's overtime goal the other night and uh, more overtime this evening. The Oilers have not uh, scored a ton. Oddly, what are we up to? Five goals total now and two have been in overtime? Well, it's kind of funny. When you were going on they about the overtimes, I'm like, yeah, and you start thinking about not a lot of goals scored in the games for or against other than one 10-minute spurt that Jay Woodcroft talked about against the Jets where they gave up four. They have been yeah, very low-scoring hockey games. Yeah, and whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game... During the regular season, we will have the Japanese Village Goal Light. Japanese Village now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, so 2-1 Oilers over Flames. Edmonton at Vancouver tomorrow. The Oil Kings played tonight. Cam Moon was there. We're going to visit with him after the 10.30 news. And you'll hear from Dylan Holloway. Very strong evening, including the game-tying goal on the power play with a minute 40 left in the third period. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet.
to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Well, we're halfway through the Oilers' preseason schedule. They win 2-1 in overtime against the Flames tonight. Brad Malone, a breakaway game winner as we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Blue Jays won 11-4 over Tampa Bay. The Mariners are up 8-0 on the Rangers after 7. So... Unless Texas does something amazing, it looks like the Blue Jays will still be one game away, either a win or a Mariners loss from clinching a playoff spot as we head into the final two games of the regular season. In the CFL, Winnipeg beat Toronto 31-21. Rob and I have the game on the TV here. uh, BC in control against Saskatchewan late in the third quarter, up 26-11. Golden Bears football team, now 4-1 on the year. 46-27 win over Regina tonight at Foot Field. The Golden Bears hockey team, not a great start to the Canada West season for them in Vancouver. They lose 5-1 to UBC. And at Rogers Place tonight, Oil Kings... A shootout loss, 4-3 at the hands of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Our own Cam Moon was there this evening. Mooner, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Another close game for the Oil Kings. Uh, how'd this one play out tonight? Well, I, the Oil Kings were, were very good, very competitive, and they have been in all three games that they played this year. I, you know, unfortunate they lost in a shootout, but it certainly wasn't from lack of effort or lack of opportunity. Pretty even game, I would say, though. Like as far as chances at both ends of the ice there were there were plenty of them and uh, Colby Hay was solid in goal for the Oil Kings he had 30 saves uh, the guys that I, that stood out to me uh, Nathan Pilling had a couple of goals he was uh, uh, so very close to having the hat trick goal they went to video review on a very close opportunity but it never went in the net uh, he was at the Calgary Flames camp, uh, played in Penticton at the Young Stars, and then rolled over to the main camp for a few days. So that was his first game back. Uh, John Zabo, he scored a goal for the Oil Kings. I thought he looked pretty good. And, and it, uh, Aiden Litke really stood out. A couple of assists for the Oil Kings. So, yeah, back and forth game. Uh, Edmonton looks vastly improved to me from from last season and maybe a year older, a year wiser, that's part of it. But, uh, you know, having Nathan Pilling got injured last year and didn't play much in the last couple of months, uh, but having him back helps. I know they're missing some key players right now with, uh, you know, Ty, Ty Nash is out. He's a 20-year-old. He's out with injury. So is Gavin Hodnett. So th- that hurts a little bit. But uh, Adam Yeko, who's their uh, first-year import player, he stands out too. You can tell he's a very good player. Well, I was going to ask you about uh, about Ty Nash. So yeah, he's not obviously the NHL pedigree there. So he's he's not in right now. But one one and one for the Oil Kings. Uh, we, they got Lethbridge again Sunday at four. But it's it's good to hear they're scoring some goals because that was the thing for them uh, last year. Not not a lot of uh, thrust to the offense. The goalies yeah. were were busy and kept them in game. So it's good. You know they made some changes and the forwards a year older, a year wiser, probably a year bigger at that level, so you can get to those scoring areas. Yeah, that's that's part of it for sure. And, and then adding, 
you know, a guy like Yeko, who I think is is going to be, you know, for a first year guy, he's you know, he's a six five, two hundred pound player, but he he's uh, he plays. Like he's got good hands. He skates well too. Uh, they do generate opportunity. And I thought every time uh, Pilling was on the ice or Litke was on the ice, they were generating offensive opportunities. So yeah, it, it's, it's quite a bit improved from a year ago. That's great to see. They've played three games. They're, they're, they're one, one and one, but, all the games have been close. Like they've uh, they've had three really close, good, competitive, exciting games. So, to me, that's a lot of positivity for the Oil Kings. It's going to be a competitive division. I, I know Medicine Hat went into Red Deer and won tonight, uh, and Medicine Hat's going to be a, a good team. Uh, Red Deer will be a good team, but the uh, the Oil Kings are right in the mix here early on. So that's good. All right, Mooner, thanks for the update. I'll see you at the rink tomorrow morning, I guess, and uh, and then you're off to Vancouver to call tomorrow's game. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me on. See you tomorrow. Cam Moon checking in. Uh, well, he's probably not in Rogers' place anymore, but he was up until a little while ago. Lethbridge being the Oil Kings 4-3 in uh, a shootout. The Western Hockey League. Did You guys You guys were playing, and your season started in September when you played? Or was it not until um, October? Do you remember? I think it was October. Yeah, okay, a little I later. I think it was. Yeah, we were a little bit later back then. Everything seems to be earlier minor hockey nowadays they got kids trying out in august nowadays it's it's a little silly to me hockey should be between labor day and easter and that's where it should be that's where it goes yeah Yeah, and then at easter (laughs) then you can start getting into baseball and lacrosse and that but all the sports are just a little bit too long yeah uh we have the football game on tv uh bc leading saskatchewan 26 you kind of joked early in the game when it was 6-1 and you said not a lot happening well it's happening what's happening for bc Uh, vernon adams is over 400 yards passing it's still still the third quarter they they are shredding the riders i don't follow the cfl as what as much as you do but i'm watching this and bc i think it was second and 18 because there was a sack yeah, on the first play 18. and they was just a they were just throwing a ball to get themselves in a better punting position and the guy ran it for 27 yards Saskatchewan is not a very good team I don't know where they are in the standings but watching this right now well, I'm guessing they're near the bottom they got six wins and they'll probably finish ahead of the Elks but I I, I don't think at this point of, of the season they are better than the Elks and the Elks beat them a, a, a couple weeks ago and the two games uh, they beat Edmonton earlier in the season. Um, I mean, Edmonton probably should have won both, uh, one of them, if not both. But uh, unfortunately, that's uh, all water under the bridge now that the Elks are, in fact, fielding all their best players at some key positions, i.e. quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how important that quarterback position yeah, is. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the, the old hockey and, and going into the sports uh uh, I was talking about that. I, I went on uh, Edmonton Sports Talk, the the uh, the streaming station that Dustin Nielsen uh, launched. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a chat with uh, Gager and Matthew Awanek and Tom Gazzola yesterday. And that was one of the topics that came up about the year-round sports. And I said, like, I, a, I don't have kids, so I can't talk about having a, a child or children in minor in minor sports of any of any kind. Uh, I certainly have you know friends who do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, I guess to play devil's advocate. If your kid is really good at something and everybody else is starting to do hockey nine months, 10 months, 11 months of the year, I guess you got to put your son or daughter in it just to keep up. Having said that, you know, at what point 
what's too young to ask your kid to okay you want to play in the nhl eight-year-old well you're doing hockey <laughs> well let's see you know and this I mean? where uh, i disagree you don't have to to keep up well, to right, the other kids yeah because the, you're not falling behind if you're playing baseball or lacrosse or soccer or track uh, you're just doing athletics and, and working on other parts of your body, using other muscles, using still doing eye-hand coordination. Uh, of all the kids that are playing year-round hockey right now, uh, less than a half a percent of them are going to be making a living doing it. Right. So there's other things that they can be doing. And it's funny when you talked about what age do you do it they interviewed Joe, Mon- Joe Montana and I saw this interview and they asked him with the way they're doing sports year round right now at what age would you if someone told you you had to pick one sport at what age do you think the proper age is he said well if someone would have told me I had to play one sport I would have picked basketball in high school I was a way better basketball player right. I wasn't a good football player till college right. so if I was told I was only allowed to play one sport he never would have played. In the, we would have missed one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. But he played both sports going into college. To me, play as many sports as you can. For one, you might find that you like something better than hockey or baseball. For two, you're not – seriously, you're not going anywhere in that sport. Just percentage says you're not. So go – kids should be in sport for one reason because it's fun. They're not going into it to play pro hockey or pro baseball or pro soccer. Maybe one day that falls into place for you, but the only reason you play sports is because it's fun. And then from sport, you learn sportsmanship. You learn being a good teammate. You learn uh, being a good winner, good loser, uh, work ethic, all kinds of things you learn from sport. But to me, I, I mean, my son was a very good athlete. His best sport was probably track or rugby. Pretty good hockey player, but his best talent was theater. And he got into that and was and he tried everything. We had one rule in our house. You had to play a sport and you had to be in a team activity. Right. Now both of them could be the same, but if you play if you're in track, well now you're going to be in choir because you got to learn how to be a teammate in something and we want you in athletics because it's good for you. He picked he was in every he went all kinds of weird sports. He was in karate. I guess weird to me. Not weird sports, yeah. but weird to non, me. Not traditional. Well, the yeah. first time he went into a swim meet, I went there and I thought, "Okay, I'm just going to go and all these parents are bringing lawn chairs and lunches and all these papers <laughs> to read." And I was like, "Well, he's only in two races and they only last 9 seconds, but the two 9-second races are 9 hours apart." Right. So I learned there too <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I needed to talk to people about how to prepare myself for going to a karate meet or going to a swim meet but my son tried everything and he found that of all the things that he loved the best it was theater which was the right choices he's now an actor in vancouver and things are going well he, he was not going to be playing in the national hockey league yeah it's uh, interesting and i mean again the, the players that make it or or decide at a young age they they want to commit to a sport because some kids might say it themselves but they're often not I mean there's a story about Connor McDavid saying when he was like six or seven I want to get exceptional status in the OHL but I mean he's he's a freak like in a good way in a good way for hockey fans but that's not that's not the usual trajectory for a child obviously to know that at that age no well I, I played in the Western Hockey League at age 15 and I also played um, right, so uh, you were exceptional before they even invented the yeah, word exceptional. Yeah, they, I don't know if they ever used that word about me, but I was when I was playing in the Western Hockey League, I was also playing 
uh, rep baseball in the summers. Well, we're at it. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, that was what you did back home. When my skates came off in uh, at the end of April or whenever it was, they didn't go back on until it was time to play hockey after soccer and lacrosse and baseball. I played all the sports. I loved them. My favorite sport growing up was lacrosse. I loved lacrosse. But uh, there wasn't a uh, – hockey was a better financial choice for a livelihood than lacrosse was for me. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime against the Calgary Flames. Uh, pretty dramatic for preseason. Calgary thought they went up 2-0 with 2.38 left in the third. The goal was disallowed for goalie interference. The Flames challenged, lost the challenge, got a delay of game penalty. Dylan Holloway scored on the power play off a pass from Warren Fogle with a minute 40 left in the third. We didn't even mention Calgary briefly celebrated what they were hoping was a buzzer beater by Sharon Govich, yeah. but it went in uh, after time expired when he kind of tapped a rebound past Campbell. And then Seth Griffith flipping the puck ahead deftly to Brad Malone for a breakaway in overtime. Malone goes to the back end, beats Vladar with 2.36 left in OT. So the Oilers win it 2-1 to go to 2-1-1 and in the preseason. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of an interesting game uh, overall. Not, not, there, not all the... I don't know if Wednesday's game was <laughs> as, uh, as interesting in, in this one, but but a competitive game, and, and the Oilers stayed in it. Campbell did a good job staying in it, and uh, the Oilers eventually able to pull out the victory. You're going to hear from Dylan Holloway when we get back. Oilers win 2-1. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Campbell way out above the circle, so now he'll come to the bench. Extra attacker on. It's Dayarnay, six on four. Here's Fogel inside. What timer scored? We're tied. Dylan Holloway. The equalizer on the power play, and it's one all at the Saddle Dome. Holloway ties it. Malone wins it. 2-1 Edmonton over Calgary in overtime tonight. The power play marker by Holloway and the power play stats throughout the season will be provided by Conlon Motorsports. They'll help you get out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. Hey, let's hear from Dylan Holloway. Uh, Dylan, maybe take us through that victory. You guys kind of grinded right till the end there. Yeah, it was a huge, huge win. Uh, obviously, a lot of fun playing in the Battle of Alberta. I thought the team played well. Um, you know, we, we had a bunch of chances throughout the whole game, and then uh, finally we were to get one at the end, tie it up, and then uh, it was a great goal by Bugs, you know, T to win it. You were definitely a standout on the ice tonight. Uh, maybe describe where your confidence level is at right now. Yeah, confidence feeling good. Uh, I think it just comes from a lot of preparation this summer, but same time too, trying trying to get to know the system as best I can and uh, just rely on my instincts and my teammates to help me out. What is the biggest difference when Dylan Holloway is on his A game? Uh, I think just able to make some plays, uh, use my teammates, shoot shoot the puck, get some uh, some offense going, and then at the same time too, I like to throw the body around a little bit and play good defensively. So uh, I feel like that's the kind of game I want to play. 22 minutes of ice time tonight nearly. Did you, do you feel tired after that, or is it fun to just get, get rolling out there? Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You kind of get into a groove, get into a rhythm. Uh, There's definitely some times I probably stayed out a little bit too long or I was a little tired, but uh, legs felt good tonight, and uh, yeah, I just got to keep them fresh. The game's coming up. What did you see on that time goal? Uh, I just saw Fogey coming down the wall. 
Um, and I saw there's a little gap kind of between the two defenders, and then I was calling for it. And then, for being honest, I was trying to go top shelf there, but yeah. kind of just slid it on the ice, and it worked out. So I'm glad that one went in. A little change up. So if the goalie, if you don't know, then the goalie certainly doesn't. Exactly. Know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, is a night like tonight a demonstration of if you keep pushing it and keep doing the right things, you will eventually get rewarded with the goal or getting on the score sheet? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, uh, I feel like this team's got so many good offensive players that it would obviously be hard to uh, kind of compete right away, but eventually I want to be a player that can generate offense uh, myself. So, What did you think of Jack Campbell's night tonight and how much confidence he kind of injected into the group throughout the game? Yeah, he, he was unbelievable tonight. We don't, we don't win the night unless Jack's on his game like he was. Um, he was making incredible saves uh, all night for us, so kept us in there, and I'm, I'm glad he got the win. How would you rate Bugsy's goal in overtime out of 10? Oh, it was electric. I, I love that pass from Griff. It was like Mahomes like just leading it with the sauce, and then Bugsy had a great finish, so I, I thought that goal was awesome. Yeah, Brad Malone, a very popular teammate, and I mean, I still remember that goal he scored against Washington. Well, that was the previous season mm-hmm. uh, when he had a good game against the Capitals when he was called up for a while. So, yeah, his teammates happy to see him do well tonight. He's been a mentor in Bakersfield for a lot of young guys. I mean, even going back there, I know Yamamoto's moved on, but uh, they were pretty close. So I think everybody's happy for Malone to get that goal and, and for Campbell to have uh, a great start. Anybody? We're talking a lot about Campbell and Holloway tonight, uh, deservedly so, and Malone and Griffith for the overtime goal. Did anybody else... Uh, either stand out or, or make you want to want more tonight. I mean, I know Lavoie was uh, in. Carter Savoy played. You know, Kajula and Hamlin are going to be on the farm. They played tonight. You know, Vin- Vinny was the six-on-five yeah. player. Yeah. He played again. But, um, I, I didn't see – I mean, Savoy didn't play a whole lot. I think he was under 10 minutes in the game. So you didn't really get to see him uh, be able to do what he does best, and that's create offense. I thought uh, Lane Peterson was very noticeable again. Uh, won some big face-offs down the stretch uh, for the Oilers. Uh, of all the, the guys that are competing for that fourth-line spot, he's the, been the most noticeable and the most consistent. Now, I'm not sure he's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. In the bottom six, they want size. They want a, a penalty killer. They want a guy that uh, wins big face-offs. I mean, they're looking for a certain player. I'm not sure Peterson's exactly it, but I think Peterson has shown very, very well that if – need be he can be a call up and jump in the lineup and not be out of place uh lavoie he's a guy that i just you you want more because he's got these attributes he's the big guy he's he could be physical he's got the big shot yet he just you don't you're just like every time you see him oh do this, do that. Uh, oh, right. and then you just seemed a little, a little disappointed that he didn't get more accomplished in the, in the chances. Drake Kajula, I haven't noticed, and I was a, a Drake Kajula fan when he was here, but haven't really noticed him a whole lot here in the preseason. And on the back end, uh, I mean, Day Arne is Day Arne. Nima Linen and Kemp played together. Yeah, I didn't really notice Nima Linen tonight. Uh, I, I. I know that uh, you and I were talking, and I believe you said that he has to go through waivers. Someone can pick him up. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if – I don't think he's moved up the depth chart at all in the, the preseason. I don't know if he's a guy that you feel confident playing uh, consistently in the National Hockey League. He's, he's good enough as a call-up, but he's not going to supplant what they have here already. Yeah, it's interesting with with Peterson and and Sutter mm-hmm. and Peterson. I thought is you know he's done pretty well. Yep. But right there, 
they're looking for a Sutter for Brandon Sutter <laughs> yeah. to be Brandon Sutter. So that I mean, he that might give him the edge to get that PTO and play. And then Peterson is your first forward up because you kind of know what what he can bring. Yep, that make it makes sense. I mean, they want a guy with a little bit of raspiness on their fourth line. And Sutter can bring that. Peterson's not that kind of player. Peterson's a nice hockey player. He's a guy that you can fit in on your your third line and, and feel confident. He's going to make plays. He's going to get pucks in deep. He's a smooth skater, but he doesn't play with a, a an edge. He's just not that kind of player. So that's not what they're looking for in the bottom six. Another guy that we didn't really talk about had a pretty good game is Fogel. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yep. Fogel played very well. He, he and Holloway have a little bit of chemistry. Uh, we look forward to when McLeod gets back and goes in between those two guys. But, yeah, I think Fogel's been fairly consistent here in the preseason. Yeah, and he had a breakaway and hit the post with yep. 8.30 left and was around the net a couple of other times. All right, so we'll be back at it tomorrow. Our face-off show is at 5.30, the game at 7, Oilers at Canucks. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy. Happy birthday, Kellen. He's our studio producer this evening. Get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630chat.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers beat the Flames 2-1 in OT. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.